Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for August 18th. How's everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. We have an absolutely phenomenal show lined up for you today. Brandon's going to come on. We're going to talk some NASCAR, share our picks for this week's race at Watkins Glen. Plus, Jim is going to come on. Jim and I are going to talk about the CFL. Tell you what bets we are locking in for this week's slate of games. And as always, Nick's going to come on. And we are going to talk about the fantasy football. We have, we're going to be giving some team-by-team team previews of the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Dallas Cowboys. But before we jump into all that, I need to vent, dude. Like, this is my favorite type of year. All the football stuff is going on. Obviously, the ETOF T1 Sports Show, we're previewing the conferences and everything. Nick's doing a great job talking fantasy football in the fantasy football spotlight and coming on here. But guys... It is just effing hilarious to me, the hype that some of these players are getting. Some of these players are just getting hypes for how they're running around in shorts. And we're just, and it, it's funny to me because right, right now the person is George Pickens. George Pickens, who got out targeted two to one to close the season with Kenny Pickett, is getting all this fucking hype. And it's just got to the point, it's just absurd. A couple weeks ago, it was Garrett Wilson getting all this hype and I really wish these people would just sit back and just look at X and Y and see what's going on because I'm gonna be honest like and, and this is gonna make me sound like a dick I can fucking tell when people know no shit and when they don't know shit and seeing no sorry excuse me hearing some of these people talk about Garrett Wilson talk about George Pickens you're basically telling me you don't know anything I'm not going to call people out, but it's pretty obvious who these people are. Another thing, and this is why I love it. I'm Look, anyone that knows me and listens to me knows I take receipts. Knows when people talk shit, make a little note, point it out. Doing it with the rounds with Tua last year, doing it with the rounds with Baker constantly. And somebody on Facebook talked a lot of shit. I got you, buddy. I got you. Let's just talk. Let's touch base eight weeks in the season. Let's see how stuff's going on. But uh, like I said, great show and everything. We're going to jump right into it. But real quick, I have a funny story. I'm here. I'm visiting my parents with with the family and everything. Um, you know, taking some time off, you know, helping them get some stuff done around the house. And look, I'm here. I'm staying in my old room. And it's about 3 a.m. I hear someone come up in the driveway. I'm right. My place where I stay is right by the driveway. I'm in Chicago mindset, man. I think something's going down. I'm locked. I'm loaded. I freaking put on, get up, put on a pair of pants, go in the garage, like, and I see, I know where the bat is. Grab the bat, open up the garage. It's the paper lady. I was ready to throw it out on the paper lady. It was kind of funny, but like I said, that's my funny story for home. We have a great show for you lined up. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk a little NASCAR with Brandon. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking some NASCAR, and who better to come on than Brandon, aka at Boston Boy eighty three. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good. We got another road course. First of all, before we jump into all that, congratulations for you winning your I race at Kentucky. The yeah. other night, congratulations on that. Thanks, man. Um, big things happen to make sure to check out Brandon on the iRacing. It's every Wednesday, I believe at 9 30 Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to check that out. 
I always retweet and re re-Instagram. I don't know if that's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The links and everything. Obviously, we're going to Watkins Glen this week. We have two more races before the playoffs. Why don't you tell everyone about the Watkins Glen race? It's a fun road course. There's a lot of elevation changes, a lot of uphill, a lot of downhill. Um, you have your 90-degree turns. You have your, your chicanes. You have uh, – your S like it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm big on elevation changes at road courses. It's not flat. Like it was at, uh, Indianapolis. So, uh, even though it's a road course like last week, it's definitely going to race drastically different. Now I have three, you have three bets, but before we jump into all that, I am bringing up NASCAR playoff standings. So we're bringing up the NASCAR playoff standings, just kind of looking at it um, right now in, we got 13, 12th place. We got Harvick. Then we have Kozlowski. Yep. Oh, I am. I forgot about this. So I'm looking at this. I am so sorry, people. Um, the way Google has them listed isn't the best. Let me let me let me see if I can look at it. Well, you're side. close because Harvick's 13th right now, but he's locked in on points with 145 points. Brad K is in 14th, locked in on points with 143. And then you've got Stenhouse, who it says is 15, but he's he's won a race, so he's in. And then you got Bubba plus 28 above the cut line. Uh, the biggest change and drop we had last week is going into Indy. Ty Gibbs was plus three to the cut line. He's now minus 49. So he's almost in a must-win must situation. Uh, Suarez is the first below the cut line at 28, so he can still get in on points. But after that, it's a win. A, a win. Uh, Chase at minus 80. Bowman at minus 80. Dinger at minus 87. Cindric at minus 105. So besides Suarez and possibly Gibbs, it's a must win to get into the playoffs. And there's basically three spots left if you win to get in. And yeah, so it's, uh, I'm still bummed then, over last, the second place finish last week with Chase. So looking at it, looking at it last, looking at it, is Harvick pretty much locked in? Yes. Um, what would happen is if two guys, two new winners happen, it would push Bubba out and it would move Harvick and Kozlowski down to the final two spots for one or final one spot. So it would come down to Harvick and Kozlowski on who gets in on points. Okay. So technically they're locked in, but if we have two new winners between Daytona and the Glen, they're going to have to race each other at Daytona just in case there's a new winner. Now, I have three bets. You have how many bets, my friend? Uh, Excuse me. One, two. I got three and maybe, maybe something to sprinkle. So let's say three as well. All right, so obviously you're the guest. I will let you kick off. It's going to be obvious where I'm going with this, guys, and I usually don't like going this low, but sitting at 3-1, to one, Chase Elliott, he finished second at Indy. 
Um, couldn't chase down McDowell. He's great at road courses. He had the opportunity to get a win. He got into a confrontation, and more of an argument after the race. Uh, he would have chased down uh, McDowell if the new road racer that was making his NASCAR debut didn't block him for three laps when he has a lap down. So I'm going with the number nine, when to get in. Doesn't want to rely on Daytona. Great at this track. It's where he got his first win. I mean, you talked about it for two or three years. It was him and Truex, him and Truex. So three to one, number nine himself, Chase Elliott. I see that smirk because I, I know where you're going with this. This is where we disagree. Yeah. I'm taking I don't Larson. I want to hear why. Just, I'm taking Larson over Elliott plus 125. Um, One of the things I like doing in NFL, one of the things I like doing in NBA, college basketball, college football, all these other sports, MLB, is I like playing the pressure angle, but I like fading the people that have pressure. And Elliott right now has all the pressure in the world because at the beginning of the season, he was one of the favorites to win the, the championship. And now, right now, he's looking outside of it. Larson has won back-to-back races here. Four top 10 finishes in the last four races he's had here. Elliott, flip side. He's not won at a road course since 2021. Road course races this year. Do you care to guess how many laps he's led? Just in road course. Four? Eight. Oh, close. So, but I mean, like, I'm just playing the trend of road courses. You got Larson, who has done historically well here at this track. I'm getting plus 125 on a matchup I feel should be a pick I'm going to take the plus 125. I feel, I feel the, this is a little, this matchup line is a little bit skewed because people are betting it this, just betting it because he needs to win. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I got, I get your mindset. I'm with you on that, but I, I know he hasn't won, but his last two road courses are both second place finishes. So that's the only reason I'm, I get like I'm with you and I'm not shitting on it by any means because the numbers are there. I just look at he hasn't crumbled under pressure like he hasn't got the win. Like I get that, but he's been finishing up there unless something happens to his car. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm feeling I got, around. I got you, man. Um Next one. What are, you, what are you working with, my friend? Danny Suarez, 10 to 1. The man, if anybody is going to be, beat Michael McDowell last week at Indy, it was him, except the hose on the tire changer got stuck under the tire. So he had almost like a 35-second or 40-second pit stop, pushed him way out. He was fast, bad fast. Um, Chase wasn't even going to get around him. He's also in a must-win scenario. Um and I flip this because he's not expected to win the championship. So, yes, yeah. does he have pressure to get in? He does. But mentally, he's not riding that I was expected to do so type pressure that Chase has. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different. It's kind of like, how can we word this? In terms of the going into this year, NFL, yes. yeah. a team 
perspective, a team that is predicted to do really well is the Cincinnati Bengals. A team that isn't really perceived to do well, let's say, is the Green Bay Packers. So it's kind of like those two at the end of the year are in a must-win game. There's going to be more perceived pressure on the Bengals because, yes, would the Packers like to make the playoffs? Yes, but no one really predicted them to make the playoffs. People predicted the Bengals to make the playoffs. At the beginning of the year, people were predicting Elliott to be one of the favorites, Elliott to be locked in. I, you'd be if we were to rewind to February and we talked about how we, we how Elliot needed a win to get in, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, we we wouldn't see that. So, I'll also, Not- piggyback on, on this real quick with that pick the third car that's been on his team for track house has been ran by SVG, so he's been around a road course racer in the shop with a road course racer, learning from a road course racer, hitting the sim with a road course racer. You can't tell me that some of that doesn't rub off on him at all because what I saw from him at Indy was very impressive, and I'm expecting him to take that momentum and roll it over into the Glen. My next bet. I'm going to my boy. Give me Dinger. 17 to 1. Uh has um was second here last time he raced here uh you know last season finished second here worst finish in his last four road races is 15th um top five in seven of his last road courses so his last road courses seven of them he's been top five at this track here his last four races worst finish 15th um, like I said, finished second here last year, has a win here back. Granted, it was back in 2014. So I don't know. I'm playing Dinger here, historically a good road course racer. I'm getting 17 to 1. We have to remember last year, last week was a road course. He was 12 to 1. Now we're getting a little bit of a better price because he struggled last week. So I'm, pl- I'm playing the price shit. And I'll tell you this right now if he is anywhere near Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney is being sent through the grass, into the wall, out of the track. Blaney intentionally dumped him and Dinger came over the radio. And so if I get back to the 12, he's wrecked. So I see that. So that's really something interesting to watch. So hypothetically, you know, you, you do the I racing, let, let's go in your mindset. You're racing here between this race and next race in Daytona. Obviously this race is probably Dinger's best shot. Yeah. Is Dinger. He's probably, obviously he's going to be more consumed with winning than taking Blaney out. Correct. Now, mind, now, now, mind you, sorry. Does he carry this over to Daytona, or does he wait and get playback during the playoffs? Like I, what, think like, get, I think he can get casual payback here because you can send somebody off the track in a road course without wrecking them. Does that make okay. sense? So instead yeah. of ending his day because Blaney spun him, didn't end his day, you can push him off the track and know that that number 12 cannot get back to you. You mm-hmm. do it at a different track, there's an opportunity to get back. All he's got to do is overdrive a corner, push him off the track, and the 12's not catching him again the whole race. So I see him doing it now because if he does win and gets in, 
he doesn't want this payback to come to him in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. That's so. true. Um, real quickly, shout out to Jaden Thompson commented on the last pretty video. Brandon and I appreciate the support. Um, so I have those are my two plays. What's your third play, my friend? Third play is Kyle Bush. Um, not historically known for a road racer. He's at 12 to 1. He uh he looked really good at Indy until he started having motor problems. He's one of the fastest on the track. He's got nothing to lose, trying to get stage wins, trying to just get added points for that playoff run. Um, I like Kyle Bush just mainly because of what I saw out of him last week at Indy. I uh, didn't expect the guy to be moving up the, through the field, and he was putting him down and then started having motor issues. And when I see a guy like Kyle Bush, who's a wheel man at 12 to 1, I'm grabbing him. I don't have historical data at road courses for him because there's not a whole lot there. But you know me, I like going based off of what I'm seeing this year. And I like what I'm seeing out of that number eight car. I like it. I like it a lot. And actually, you know what? You kind of talked me into one bet. So I actually have four, so I'll go back to back. I'm just going to continue the Christopher Bell fade. He hasn't had a top five since Bristol. The head-to-head matchup he's with this week is Kyle Bush. Bush has been... Like you said, you know, he's he's been running, he's been running decent. You know, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Excuse me, let's look at his driver averages at road courses for Mr. What's Kyle Bush's middle name, real quick? Do you know? Sinclair? It'd be oh, awesome if his middle name was Sinclair. Oh god. If Kyle Bush's middle name was Sinclair, that would like make my life. Thomas. Hummus? No. <laughs> Thomas. The real name is Hummus? Thomas. That'd be freaking awesome. <laughs> All right, so Kyle Thomas Bush. All right, so look at I mean, just look at the last three. Five, 12, 9. So, I mean, but he's been a great road courser here. Led 17 ramps, laps at Sonoma. You know, I'm definitely going to put him i'm gonna take him over christopher bell at minus 105 and my last one here i'm going alex bowman top 10 at plus plus 120 um you know look it finished top 10 at sonoma and indy this season the thing that really stood out for me guess who has the fifth best average finish of active drivers is it bowman bowman elliot um, SVG is in front of him, Busher, Larson, then Bowman. And SVG doesn't count because he's only raced two races. I mean, so take so take him off. Yeah. He's got the fourth best average finish. You look at him this year, like you can look for me looking at the um the Chicago race. I I think he kind of in my eyes, you got to take that one off. Yes. Just because of the rain, the shortened, the shortness, I think you got to take that one off. So if we just kind of look at Indy 5, Sonoma 15, Coda 3. So, you know, last year he ran 14th here. So I kind of like Bowman here to finish at top 10 at plus 120. I think it's really good odds. Make sure to shop around. I found it at plus 120 at one shop. Another shop, he's minus 145. 
So this is why it's important you guys are able to shop around. I would only play this at plus plus money, minus one forty five for a top ten. Those odds are brutal. So I will tell you this: I had a long shot, and my long shot was Alex Bowman at thirty to one. So I am gonna grab him as my long shot at thirty to one. I do have my little sprinkle one. Sometimes it works. Seeing Ross Chastain at 50 to 1 odds right now, I'm betting him, period. I don't think he's going to win. There is no track data for him at or good stats for him at the Glen. But a man that's in the playoff is not afraid to put a bumper to anybody. 50 to 1 odds for that track house number one car. I will grab him at 50 to 1, but that bet better be placed before qualifying comes out because that all these bets, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All so, these bets you guys should try to put in before qualifying. Yeah. Um, Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and where your next race is going to be this upcoming Wednesday? Uh, Boston Boy 83, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. And we are at Daytona next Wednesday at. 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, solo teammate out there. So hoping to uh, put a bug into a couple drivers' ears after last night's race to try and work with me on uh, on Wednesday night and see if we can go back-to-back. Make sure to check that out. And uh, let's make some money. So let's cash some tickets until next week, my friend. Make sure you give my boy Brandon a follow at It's Me Boston Boy 83 Now let's shift our attention over to some CFL with XFL Jim. We have reached the part of the podcast that we're talking CFL. This part of the podcast is sponsored by Royal Retros. Go to Royal Retros, use promo code SPRINGFEVER, all one word, all capitalized for 10% off. Obviously, we're going to talk in some CFL now with our boy X, our XFL, CFL, USFL, Jim. Jim, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. It was a very interesting week for me last week. Eric, I was so close to not getting our Edmonton first half bet in. I got it right before the game. I got that one in, and I'm not gonna lie. Like, I um, I was in the midst of like getting ready to go on vacation. I'm not at my place for two weeks now, and um, so I was kind of doing stuff, kind of prepping. I looked at I looked at my phone, and my phone on the score app said seven zero Winnipeg. So I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And, um, you know, then, you know, I, I'm doing, I'm doing like some more stuff. Looked at the score again. It said seven, zero Winnipeg still, but at the score up at the bottom, it says how they scored. And it said that Winnipeg scored a touchdown. No, it said that Edmonton. Oh, scored yeah, a yeah, yeah. So that's when I turned the game on because it was actually on the C- the CBS network. They're actually up. 14 nothing, and that play happened where the Winnipeg quarterback threw it, got a pick, pick six, or injured his shoulder. They're up 21 nothing. That's when I sent you that that tweet or X. I, I don't know, was it called an X now? Just call like, them tweets. We just call them tweets. Um, about hey, let's go Elks 21 nothing. You know, I'm like, oh shit, they may actually win this game. I start kicking myself for not taking the money line for the game. And then I wake up at 4 a.m. and I saw they lost. Oh, I told you. I told you before you went to bed. I was like, oh, just wait. They'll find a way to lose this game. And they always do. That was like. But I kind of. 
I we have two ways to look at that game. Or did the Elks find a quarterback? Is when was this just a flat spot for Winnipeg? Or Winnipeg's really disappointed this year. Are they just done? You know what I mean? Is I, this is like are we starting to see the pitfall? It's hard to take too much away from Winnipeg when your starting quarterback goes out that early. But they're down twenty one when he went it up. It does. They were down twenty one nothing. That shows me that your backup at least won't get rattled. Mm-hmm. That shows me that. Um, I think Winnipeg obviously isn't as good as what they've been in previous seasons. I still think obviously they're a top three team. They've shown it. It's it's just happened. Edmonton, I think they do have a guy. I think Trey Lance uh, is the guy. No. Trey Lance of the 49ers? Yeah, totally. I don't know why I spaced on his name. It's – what is it? God, it's Trey something, isn't it? Yeah, why am I sp- Trey Ford. Trey Ford, right? Trey Ford, that's why. That's um, why. I think they got he- him. I think he's better. And this is coming from the world's number one Taylor Cornelius fan. And it's going to be funny when Trey Lance is the starting quarterback for the Edmonton Oilers next. Edmonton Oilers, sorry, Edmonton Oilers next year. Yeah, um, it will be. You know, obviously that was the big thing that stood out um, last week. Real quick, let's just go over our power rankings like we do every single week. Uh, number nine, no surprise. I think we're broken to have the Elks, right? The Elks, yeah. It's you can't not have the Elks. Eight. Who do you have? Oh, right now I think I'm putting the Riders there. See, I went with the uh, I went with the rep, the uh, the Red Blacks. I just I I, I don't like Crumb. I think he's a I, I'm not a Crumb guy. See, I got them up next. I got Red Blacks up next. I got the Tiger Cats up next. I still have I a bitter them. taste. I still have a bitter taste in my mouth when they lost that game. They should have known. I got the Tiger Cats right up next. Um, six. Who you got? Um. So this is after the Tiger Cats. This is. Yeah. Um, I think I got to put Calgary there. See how the Stampede is. Yeah. Who do you have as five? Five, I'd put Montreal. See, I have Montreal four. Who do you have at five? I have the Rough Riders. Rough Riders five, okay. So I got the Argos, the Lions, the Bombers. Let's do this. This we'll do it like this. Who do you, who do you have one? I got the Lions. Uh no 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 no. I got the Argos still. I got the Argos. I I, I got the Lions at one. Who do you have at two? Yeah, Lions. I I have Toronto. Who do you have at three? Yep. I got the Bombers. I got the Bombers. Four. Montreal. I got Montreal. Yes. Five. Calgary. I got I got the Rough Riders. Okay. Six. Uh that was Hamilton. I, I got the I got the Stampedes, Calgary. Okay. Seven. Then I got the <clears throat> the uh, Red Blacks. And then eight you have um was the Riders. Right. And then and nine the was the Elks. And I think we can kind of agree, like how I look at the CFL is there It's three- tears. It's tears. Well, I think there's three teams. Then I think Montreal is kind of in a tier by themselves. I'm t- Montreal is the they're the block. They're the block between the good and the bad. 
They're just fine. They're they're like decent. <laughs> See, like for me, I have one, two, three, four. I have five blocks for nine teams. Block one, Lions, Blue Bombers, Toronto. Yes, agreed. Block two, Montreal. By themselves, correct. Block three, I have Calgary and Saskatchewan. Block four, I have the Tiger Cats and Red Blacks. Block five by themselves, I just have the Elks. I honestly, I might just block all four of those together of Calgary, Hamilton. I mean, you could. Ottawa. You could. Yeah, I think I just block all those together. They're all very similar to me. Now, with this coming out Friday, we're not going to waste any time going over the Tiger Cats and Elks game. We're going to jump right into it. With the Winnipeg Blue Bombers laying six on the road against the Calgary Stampeders over under 47 and a half. What say you, my friend? I. It doesn't look like Zach Kalaros is playing in this game. I don't suspect he will. I'm going to just throw the under 47 and a half in here into my lineup. You know what? I really want nothing to do with this game I, at all. Don't blame me whatsoever. I also I don't want anything to do with it, but I'm gonna dabble just because I want something to do Friday. Okay. All right. Um I, I like the under. Give me the under forty seven and a half. So I'm passing this game. Jim has the under forty seven and a half. Next Saturday night we have Montreal laying two and a half on the road, over under forty seven and a half against your Ottawa Red Blacks. What say you, my friend? My Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm not overthinking it, Eric. I'm taking Montreal minus the two and a half versus Ottawa. Ottawa's a bad team. Montreal's a good team. They're the they're the cutoff level. Give me Montreal. You know what? And I, I hate myself. I hate myself, Jim. You're backing your boy. You're backing Dustin Crum. I'm backing Dustin Chantel Crum. Sinclair. He looks more like a Sinclair. We'll go Dustin with Sinclair. Sinclair Crum. I'm looking at it right now. You know, I'm seeing a two and a half. I'll take the two and a half with Montreal. With um, with whatchamacallit, with um, with Ottawa, with Ottawa, um, I just I don't know. I just don't trust this Montreal team. I, I, I don't trust them at all. Um, I think there's certain spots when they're at home. They're at home. I definitely lay the points, but going on the road, less than a field goal, this kind of seems a little trappy to me. I'll take Ottawa here plus the points. Last game, we are going to. Saskatchewan, they're laying 10, hosting the BC Lions over under 45. What say you, my friend? Man, I'm just going to go ahead and take BC here. I think Saskatchewan's really bad. (laughs) I think they're kind of also faltering at the moment. What I'm going to do here is if you go to DraftKings in a legal state, they have Verdon Adams passing prop of 260 and a half. I'm going to. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take over 260 and a half passing yards for Vernon Adams. I'm still looking. It looks like Cody Fajardo is still going to be like a game time decision, maybe. So, but so we'll see. But I'm, I'm still that's what I'm going to do. I don't hate it. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Lions of, minus ten and a half minus ten, and I like your Vernon Adams play. In terms of Cody Vajardo, um if you don't think he's going to play, I think this Ottawa line will drop a little bit. If he does play, I think it will raise up to three. Yeah, agreed. So I think you kind of have to. I'm going to wait for mine because I, I still like I like Montreal minus the two and a half. But if I can get a two or even a one and a half, I'm going to take that. I like it. I like it. 
Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming on, sharing your bets and everything. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? You can find me everywhere at XFL Jim. I'm all over the place. Twitter, YouTube, got a lot going on right now. Uh, and yeah, make sure you guys go over to Royal Retros. It's a great website with great merch. Great website, great merch. Make sure you check it out. Use promo code SPRING. Fever, all one word, all capitalized. And Jim, I just want to let you know you're back in the ball game. I just got an alert. Brittany Spears and her husband have filed for divorce. You're back in the game, my friend. Oh, I'm back shoot in. Shoot or shoot. Slide in those DMs. Jim, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk next week, my friend. Yes, sir. Make sure you give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Now let's shift our attention over to some fantasy football with Nick. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking some fantasy football and who better than come on than Nick, a.k.a. at NAA Fantasy. Nick, how are you doing today, my man? Great, Eric. How's it going? Good, good, good. We have reached the part of the NFL team breakdown. We're going to be talking about three interesting teams, the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to start off with the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, with the Bills, the offense starts with Josh Allen. Currently has an ADP of 18 and his quarterback two, which makes sense, obviously going after Mahomes. What are your thoughts on Josh Allen this year? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that his production dipped last year after the elbow injury. You know, it hurt his ability to throw the ball down the field. Um, you know, some things to consider before the injury, he was QB1 averaging just under 28 fantasy points per game. Uh, after the injury, he was QB2, averaging 21 points per game. But three of those games, he scored under 17 points. Uh, you know, I'm kind of worried that this season, he won't, they won't run him as much um, due to the injury that might limit his production, as well as, you know, James Cook really coming up and being, you know, that number one guy. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I still believe Josh Allen, you know, is going to finish as a top five quarterback, but you might be a little disappointed drafting him at QB two. Now in the running back room, we have my boy, James Cook, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. What are your thoughts on this, this group of running backs? Yeah. I mean, obviously Singletary left Harris is in now. Uh, they also added Latavius Murray. Um, you know, Andrew Cromer is there now. Uh, you know, he he turned Todd Gurley into a fantasy goldmine. Um, I, I think they're kind of going to do the same thing with James Cook. Uh, Cook did average 6.2 yards per carry running on zone runs last season, which is nuts. Um, you know, and with Singletary gone, I expect him to be the lead back. Plus, you know, my thought is the Bills using Allen less in the running game. You know, I think there'll be more chances for Cook running the ball. My only worry is that Harris might get the goal, more goal line chances. And, um, you know, for that, Cook's still mid-range RB2 for me due to the low TD production. Next so year. this could be a situation like with Detroit last year. Swift, the before Swift got hurt, because Swift is always hurt, does all the production in, into the – between the twenties. Yeah. And then you give it to Williams and Williams gets the tutty. So we could see that basically that's what I'm interpreting what you're saying. Right. Yeah. That's uh that's a possible scenario, which could be rough for uh, people drafting cook. If uh, 
Unless Harris gets 17 touchdowns, then you could sneak in there and get Harris. <laughs> like, uh, in the wide receiver room, we have Stefan Giggs, Gabe Harris, Gabe Harris, excuse me, Gabe, Gabe Davis. What can we expect from these two? Yeah, I mean, Diggs is Diggs is 30 now, um, you know, but he's been Mr. Consistency over the last three seasons. At least 100 catches, at least 1,225 yards, and at least eight touchdowns every year. Um, you know, I'm not seeing any signs of him slowing down yet. So I'm still, I'm still in on Stefan Diggs. Um, I'm not in on Gabe Davis though. Uh, you know, he had that high ankle sprain last year. He never recovered from that. And that really hurt his production last year. For me, he's kind of a boomer bust guy, deep threat that can be used more in DFS, like situational plays. Um, but I'm not in on Gabe Davis for all full season fantasy. Dalton Kincaid from my Utah Utes was drafted very high to pair with Dawson Knox. What are your thoughts on the old tight end room with the Buffalo Bills? Yeah. I mean, being a rookie tight end is, is hard. Um, You look at how much Kyle Pitts struggled in his first year and, you know, you could also really see Kincaid playing the slot and not lining up in the tight end position as much with Knox there. They already were trying that out in preseason, um, you know, but I'm not in on rookie tight ends. You know, I'll look at Kincaid next year. Uh, I'm also staying away from Knox as well due to them adding Kincaid because it just kind of muddies the waters for him. Knox, you know, he's going to lose some snaps to Kincaid. And if Kincaid lines up in the slot, Knox will lose some targets to him as well there. So I'm really not in on either tight end in Buffalo. Now let's shift our attention over to America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. With Dak Prescott as the quarterback, it's interesting because Mike McCarthy's calling plays because Kellen Moore's out. They brought in Schottenheimer to be the OC, but play calling duties on McCarthy. With him being there, that means less RPO action, more pushing it down the field, which means more passing yards, but less rushing yards for Dak. With that being said, how do you feel of Prescott with his current ADP of 84 and QB time going off the board? Well, first first thing I'd like to clarify is that America's team is the Packers and not the Cowboys anymore. (laughs) I think America's team is the Detroit Lions, but you know. Yeah, but America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, I am – I am not in on Dak Prescott this year. I mean, it sounds like the Cowboys are going to be pushing the ball deep down the field this year, you know, with their new OC. But, you know, they changed offensive line coaches as well uh, to Solari. And historically speaking, his lines have struggled blocking in the passing game. Um, And from what I've seen with Dak in training camp so far, he has thrown a lot of interceptions and has not been impressive. Um, So I'm a little... I, I'm very weary on Dak Prescott this year, and I'm not in on drafting him. With Elliott gone, it's now Tony Pollard's backfield. How do you feel about Pollard? Personally, for me, I'm not as high. And on the NFC East preview show on the stream every Tuesday night, I gave out Pollard under 10, 50 and a half yards rushing. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys running back? Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not high on Pollard uh, either. 
uh, as, as others, have, you know, have really been talking about Pollard, talking him up. I'm not as high on him. Um, you know, the Cowboys are switching to an inside inside zone blocking scheme. And I'm not sure if Pollard can keep up with the with running inside the tackles. And I'm worried that after Pollard had his first season of touching the ball over 200 times that he's going to get hurt. So I'm I'm not in I'm not as high on him as everybody else is. In terms of the wide receiver, we have Lamb, Gallup, Cooks, anyone there you like? If so, why? Yeah, due to what I said earlier about Dak, the only wide receiver I'm in on in this offense is C.D. Lamb. Uh, I feel like no one is is really talking about him. Like he's, I mean, they're talking about him, but it's it's kind of quiet. You know, his numbers are increasing every year. Um, with last season playing all 17 games, he had 107 catches, 1,359 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, he can move all over the field and be Dak's security blanket especially when he gets tired of throwing picks down the field. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm only in on C.D. Lamb. Lamb or Devontae Adams? You know, I'm going to give Lamb the edge here just because of Adams' age. He's uh, 31. Um, and, you know, there's still a lot of question marks in, in Las Vegas with Jim, Jimmy G coming in, but he's injury prone. And then where do they go from there after that? I'm I'm giving Lamb the edge. Oh, so you're not a Jimmy G guy? Is that what I'm supposed to interpret it? I am not a Jimmy G guy. You can interpret that exactly that way. <laughs> I mean, how can you not like Mr. Jimmy G? Because he's always on the bench because he's injured. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> oh, let's Let's go over to my boy, Mr. St. Brown. Would you take St. Brown or C.D. Lamb? I'm giving the slight edge to St. Brown. I love St. Brown. Um, Due to Jamison Williams being out early in the season due to suspension and the Lions being tied for the most favorable strength of schedule, for fantasy wide receivers, I give St. Brown the edge. And also there are reports coming out now that Williamson is out for the year, potentially with a hamstring injury. So if he's done for the year, that's oh. going to open up some targets oh. for St. Brown. Then I am definitely in on St. Brown <laughs> over, over CD lamb. Now, Jake, the snake Fitzgerald is their tight end tight end 28 ADP 234. I mean, what, what do you think of him? Yeah, I mean, I believe this guy can out outdo his current ADP or his tight end rank of 28, um, but I'm not drafting him at this point. Might be a waiver wire pickup after the first few weeks if he's producing uh, and depending on your tight end situation. Now let's shift our attention over to the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously, big news, Joe Burrow got hurt, cap injury. How... How concerned should we be about Joey Ballgame? Oh, I think he's he's fine. He was running the other day on the field. I don't expect him to miss any time. He'll be fine. Burrow has an ADP of 33, quarterback four. What are your thoughts on Joey football? Yeah, I you have to remember that after or over the last two seasons, over the last two years, he's had over 4,400 yards passing in both seasons and at least 34 touchdowns. 
um, you know, with one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league and adding some value last year with his legs and getting five rushing touchdowns for me, he's still, you know, he's still a locked top five quarterback. Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? <laughs> Burrow. I can't trust Lamar's health. I can't. <laughs> Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? I, I still give the edge to Burrow um, just because that offensive line is really coming together well for Burrow. Joe Burrow or Justin Fields? Yeah, I'm still giving the slight edge to Burrow. Yes, the Bears improved their offensive line a little bit, brought in DJ Moore, but you know, as I said on one of our other podcasts, I definitely don't think DJ Moore is the spark to get the passing game going in Chicago. And the Bears still have a long way to go. And Fields is going to get his numbers with his legs, but not enough with his arm. Now, Joe Mixon is there. It did come out yesterday that he's not going to be charged with anything on the off-the-field stuff. Right. But he missed three games last year, and he still finishes RB10 with Samaji P. Ryan leaving. All his production is up for grabs. What are your thoughts on Joe Mixon this season? Yeah, uh, good news for him. Found not guilty yesterday, so don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, From week nine on last season, you know, Mixon was RB5 in average fantasy football points per game. The offensive line really came together for him later in the season, and I believe he'll continue that late season success this year as well, especially with P. Ryan out of the picture. I mean, he's definitely someone to target for me. Now, the Bengals have one of the best wide receiver court in the NFL with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Boyd. What are your thoughts on each of them? Which ones will you be targeting? Yeah, Chase is obviously a target, as he set himself, you know, atop this wide receiver group as the alpha. You know, in 2021, Chase and Higgins seem to be competing for that top spot, you know, but obviously Chase pushed himself above the rest. And, um, you know, because of that, we saw Higgins' numbers decline last year in target share pretty significantly. So Chase is number two overall for me, but very close to number one with Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, I want a piece of this air attack in Cincinnati, uh, but it will only be either Burrow or Chase. I'm out on Higgins. His wide receiver 13 rank is too high for me right now, um, and I don't believe you're going to get the return on him if you draft him there. Part of the reason why I like Jamar Chase more than Justin Jefferson is T. Higgins is there. And with T. Higgins being there on the outside, DB, you know what I mean? You can't really filter your protection over to one side because then Higgins is just going to eat. You have to treat both of them a little bit, a little bit more honest. And in Minnesota, Hawk never lines up on the outside. I really am not a big Jordan Addison guy. C.J. Osborne lines up in the inside. I just feel that because of the weapons the Bengals have, that opens up more opportunity for Jamar Chase. And that's why I'm a little bit higher on him than Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I I, I see your point. <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll have to see how Addison comes through for Minnesota if he becomes a guy that needs attention and then Justin Jefferson uh you know will get a little less 
Um, but I do agree with you there. Chase could easily end up number one overall. T. Higgins or Chris Olave? Oh, I, I like Olave. You know, I believe he's in for a big year, especially in positive TD regression. Uh, one thing to note, he was only one of three wide receivers to have 1,000 yards last season and score fewer than five touchdowns. So I'm in on Olave over Higgins. Review for some positive touchdown regression. T. Higgins or Devontae Smith, both of them very similar wide receiver twos that are currently being drafted in the top 15, top 20, depending on your draft or wide receivers. Yeah, I like Devonta Smith more because in Philly, him and A.J. Brown are literally like neck and neck, two wide receiver ones, um, more so than like what I just mentioned. Chase has kind of moved himself away from Higgins. Um, but with A.J. Brown and Smith, it's like, you know, they're they're still, in my opinion, pretty close to neck and neck. So I'm not I just not seeing that anymore between Chase and Higgins. So I'm going with Smith over Higgins. Now you get my boy DK Metcalf or T Higgins. I'm in on DK. Uh, pretty much the same story as Olave. You know, he left a lot out on the field last year in terms of scoring touchdowns. He was second overall in red zone targets, tied with Justin Jefferson. So again, positive TD regression here uh, will have his numbers rise above Higgins. Now, Irv Smith is the quarterback. What are your thoughts on Mr. Irv Smith? Yeah, tight end Irv Smith. Tight end 23. I mean, injury concerns are a big factor here. His team's got too many weapons. I just think Irv's going to be an afterthought for me. I'm I'm not in on him. And there you have it, guys. Um, you know, there are the previews of the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, and the Cincinnati Bengals. We only have three teams left in this activity. Pretty excited with how this has turned out. Hopefully, you guys have been following along. And knowing what guys to target and fade, the teams that we are going to be covering next week are going to be the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick, I'd like to thank you for stopping on today, talking some fantasy football. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You can find me at NAA Fantasy on X. On X. Still can't get used to saying that. (laughs) All right, Nick, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk soon, my friend. All right, thanks all. Please give my boy Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. That is it for the podcast. Nick is actually going to be on Talking Fantasy Football this week on the ETOF 2-1 Sports Show. This Tuesday, we're going to have Kyle, a.k.a. the DFS Bachelor. Him and I are going to be talking the AFC West. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you give the guests the follow. Nick at NAA Fantasy. Jim at XFL Jim. And Brandon at BostonBoy83. We will be back next week. Please leave a review. Five star if you could. Helps the old Uncle Rico out. Make sure to visit the Sharps betting app. Download it. Use promo code ETOF499. And go to Royal Retros. Promo code Spring Fever. Capitalize all one words. Thanks for tuning in. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.